He was hungry. Our Lord today was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted. Temptation doesn't necessarily, it doesn't prove to God what we have, but it reveals to us where we are. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting, it says that Jesus was hungry. I fasted for one day on Ash Wednesday, and I was hungry. And I've learned that when I'm hungry, I make poorer choices about what I eat. Like when I'm really hungry, I just like grab junk food, things full of calories, and, and then afterwards I don't feel as good about myself. There's a phrase in recovery and in counseling that, that speaks about when we're susceptible to our vices, or you could say susceptible to the devil. And the acronym you may have heard before is HALT. When we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, we tend to make poorer decisions. There's a, a fuller acronym, there's another acronym too, BLAST, which has some of the similar words, but it includes bored and stressed, which I think is very relevant for college students. Because I've noticed that like when I'm tired, sometimes I'll go home and I'm like, man, I am exhausted. I just, I can go to sleep now and I'll get the sleep I need. And I don't know why, but then I, I'm really curious about the sun's highlights. And then, and then I want to see the cardinal's highlights, if there are any. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I want to look at America. My kryptonite is like, America's got talent, you know? And then you just start like watching these videos. And then the next thing I know, it's late. And I don't feel good about myself again. And, and it just, yeah, it gets away from us. I, I think so those are kind of more like distractions, but it, it takes me off of my game. And I think that's how the evil one works. I think for a lot of people, you know, talking to people, when we're stressed, we make bad decisions to try to make ourselves feel better. Uh, for some people, that's when they fall into sexual sin. It's just like we feel overwhelmed and stressed and all these things are out of my control, but I can control this. And, and, and so we use that coping mechanism to try to make ourselves feel better. So why, why am I talking about this? Well, the devil uses Jesus' hunger to tempt him. He says, command that these stones become loaves of bread. The devil uses our places of weakness to lure us away from God. St. Ignatius of Loyola has these rules of discernment, and he has 14 of them for the first week. And number 14 says that the enemy attacks the stronghold at the weakest point. And, and haven't we experienced that, that there's kind of like certain areas that I'm, I'm weak in. Or, you know, I'm really tempted. I, was, I hadn't slept that night. Or I hadn't eaten. I was, you know, I was hangry or whatever. You know, like we just... I was really stressed and, and, and I just made this bad decision. 
And so I think it's helpful to know about ourselves. Where, where am I weak? Some people, it's, I have such a fear of being alone that, that I make these decisions that I think will make me not feel alone for a little while. But once I know that, then I can kind of put up some defenses where I'm weak. That I can, yeah, I can respond. What does Jesus do? That, that how Jesus responds is with scripture. One does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. That, that I, can, I can learn truth from scripture to answer where the devil seems to come to attack me. And so it's, it's about knowing, knowing your enemy, knowing thyself. You know? For some people, it's, well, I tend to get around certain people and I start gossiping and I talk about all, I get real negative and maybe I just need to not be around those people. I was like, I don't know, maybe. But at least let's know that about ourselves, and maybe we can have a game plan for how to go about that. But I, I also think there's two there's two words, there's two things I think that I see happening to a lot of college students nowadays that I think the evil one is kind of trying to take us off of our focus. And those two things are distraction and busyness. That distraction is, um, it's kind of like the, the examples I gave. Like, I sit down, I'm like, okay, I'm going to pray or I'm going to do some work. And all of a sudden I'm like, did Kevin Durant play yet? You know, and then I saw him I'm on the internet, you know, or what's, whatever. Like, I just, I get distracted. It doesn't have to be an external distraction. It can be an internal distraction. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm not focused on what's important. The second thing is, is this busyness. Like, oh, I haven't, you know, I, I couldn't, I didn't get to go to Mass this weekend. I was just really busy. Oh. I, I missed Mass. I, oh, I haven't been praying. I'm just so busy. And, and I, I just have to think that, um, that the enemy is all about that. Whereas with God, there's always time in a day for God's will. Right? God doesn't expect us to do the impossible. God also says, my yoke is easy, my burden light. And so if I feel burdened by all these things and I have to do all these things, as Mother Teresa said, if you're too busy to pray, you're, you're too busy. That we've, we've taken too many things on that aren't from God. Or maybe what I would propose, and this is what I want to talk about, is, is maybe we're focused on not the best or right things. In, in Matthew 22, when a scholar comes to Jesus and asks him what the greatest commandment is, Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And so when I ask people, I'm like, what's first? Okay, God, what's second? They're like, well, you have to love your neighbor as yourself. I'm like, no, but love your neighbor or yourself. Like, what's next? And to help understand it, it's, it's as if Jesus said, help your classmate do their homework as you did your homework. Who has, who has to do their homework first? Like, I have to do it to be able to help this person. I, I, have to, I have to take care of myself before I can help take care of other people. So for me, 
for me, my, my priorities, loving God, loving myself, loving others, are God, exercise, sleep, eating, talking to mentors, like people I can lean into, family, and then like work, which would be school, all that other stuff. And, and by putting God first, then I'm reminded that he's with me, that, that I'm reminded that he's got power over all things. Like Jesus doesn't have to exercise power over these elements and things today because he, he trusts in the Father in his power and that he works all things for good. And, and when, I, when I know that, it actually helps put my schoolwork in perspective because maybe my class isn't going so well and I feel really overwhelmed and what am I going to do? And oh my gosh, my whole world is collapsing. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Has, has schoolwork suddenly become our God? But when I pray and then I do my schoolwork, it's like, look, I'm just going to do the best I can. God, please help me. But if this doesn't work out, then I'll study something else. <sighs> do, do you feel like the pressure just like builds when we... But the, what a gift we have when we put God first. It just, it starts to line everything else up. I, I know for these other things, like, I, I used to feel, there was a time when I'm like, I don't have time to exercise. Like, there's, there's just no time. I, I prided myself. I'm an engineering student. I don't have time to study. Or I'm, I'm, oh, no, I did study. I had to study a lot. <laughs> I don't have time to exercise. And then, and then I slowly, like, worked exercise into the schedule, and I'm like, I actually feel, instead of these other decisions that I made where I didn't feel good about myself, I started to actually feel good about myself. And then more, more recently, I, I rediscovered the power of sleep. I, I hear it's a good thing. I thought I would try it. Um, <laughs> did you know that for every hour of sleep before midnight, studies have shown is equivalent to three hours of sleep after midnight. Isn't that wild? That by sleeping earlier, it's better sleep and you actually don't need as much. So I, I kind of discovered this almost by accident recently. I was really tired and I fell asleep early and I woke up the next morning and I'm like, oh, it's early, but I'm awake. And I was super productive. It's not what it's about, but I was like, I prayed and I exercised and I ate. And, and then I didn't need a nap that day. Which meant I actually got more stuff done. Because the amazing thing is, when, when I'm about the right things, that, that these things, God, exercise, sleep, eating, talking to mentors, family, these are all energy producers. But if I'm trying to like do my schoolwork and work my job and I'm not doing these things, well, that means I'm only doing energy drainers and I probably feel overwhelmed, busy, and stressed. And maybe that's where we're at tonight. Which leaves us perfectly susceptible for temptation. And so I think sometimes we can pray like, hey God, take this temptation away. I pray, Father Matt. God, take this temptation away. God, why are you being, why are you making this so difficult? When the reality is, I've actually set up myself 
by not taking my care of myself and making it difficult on me. And so, I, yeah, I remember a couple years ago there were, there was a group of men that did this program called Exodus 90. And there's a whole list of things that you, you do as part of it, but includes an hour of prayer every day, daily mass if you can, and exercise every day or as often as you can, and like meeting up as a group each week. It's like a lot of stuff. You're like, I'm a student, I don't have time for that. And so this group of men said, we're gonna try this. And there's other people that didn't do it. And after a few weeks, it was very obvious to me the guys that were doing Exodus 90. Because they were like, hey, we're gonna go on a hike. And they went on a hike. And hey, we're gonna play a game. And, and they, were, they were actually like doing a puzzle upstairs here. They were like bored. They, they had so much time. Like, no, 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 they actually added stuff. How did they have more time? Because they were being about the right things. And, and so they invited these other guys, and they're like, hey, you, do you want to hike Mount Elton with us? And they're like, we're too busy. Hey, do you want to like come to a Bible study? I'm too busy. And it was like, maybe we're being busy about the wrong things. And what's cool is when I'm about the right stuff, when, when, when my life is focused on prayer, and I'm loving myself well, that I actually have energy to fight off temptation. That at the end of this story today, that after he tempts Jesus three times and Jesus responds with scripture every time, that's why, that's why prayer is so important and reading and memorizing scripture. Because scripture speaks truth into the lies that the devil tries to throw at us. That, that after three times, what does it say? It says, then the devil left him. That, that when we stand up to the devil, not head on, but when we're strong and we say no to temptation, eventually the evil one realizes this isn't going to work and goes off to somebody else. There's a, another rule of the rules of St. Ignatius. Rule number 13 says that when we stand up to temptation, when we stand up to the evil one, it's like a, a false lover that's been exposed and when he's found out, he leaves. So if like, he's trying to like lure this wife away from her husband, and then the wife tells her husband, hey, this guy's like calling me or whatever. As soon as she exposes it to the light, the evil one, like a cockroach, just runs away. That when you and I, when, we, when, we, when we're living in the light, when we call out to the Lord, you know, Lord, that when we're focused on prayer, the evil one, it's going to get discouraged and leave, rather than us being discouraged. Last, last little story here. A, a couple years ago, we asked this young lady to lead a, a retreat that we do here at the Newman Center. And she discerned, and she came back, and she said, yeah, I want to do this. And I know that she's a, she had a, she's a music education major, which is arguably the busiest major on campus. And I can explain to you why I think that is. Um, just because you can't fake playing the cello, right? <laughs> you, act, you actually have to practice. And she had a job and all this stuff. And so, 
so I checked in with her after a couple weeks. I'm like, hey, I just want to check in how you're doing. You've got a lot on your plate. And she said, I'm doing okay. And she's like, and here's how. And she pulled out a piece of paper, and it was her schedule for the week. She said, this is my schedule. And I'm like, oh, take a look at this. And it was like, okay, 5.40 to 6 p.m., dinner with roommate. I was like, you, you eat in 20 minutes? She's like, that's what I have. And if I don't put it in my schedule, I miss meals. And if I don't put time with my roommates in the schedule, it doesn't happen. I was like, wow. I was like, well, how do you have energy for all this stuff? And then she, she showed me the, the bottom of the schedule and it said 5 a.m., hour of prayer. I was like, you wake up at 5 a.m.? Um, and she said, well, I didn't. <laughs> Uh, but then I, I realized it was the only time I had to pray. And then when I started doing it, I realized that I loved it, that, that it gave me the energy to get through the day. And now I, I don't think I could make it through a day, Father Matt, if I didn't start it with an hour of prayer. You and I, we're, we're going to get busy. We're going to get hungry. But by being intentional about loving God, learning his word, by loving ourselves well, that, that we encounter the one who, who actually is, is hungry for us, who loves us, and that, us, that we, rather than being susceptible to the evil one, that, that our hunger for God will be what moves us and directs our life.